welcome back to Blue Skies and Green Pastures. I'm your host, Paula Adams. So good to be back. I've been on vacation, but I've got a great show for you today, a great topic. And the topic is going to be two lights. So let's find out what are these two lights. Well, have you ever heard of the verse that says that Satan was disguised as an angel of light? How about the verse that said that Jesus is the light of the world? Well, these are the two lights that I'm going to talk about today. As we know, light shines and gets rid of darkness. It brightens up the darkness so we can see. And Jesus said he came into the world to bring light and to bring truth. But if Satan is disguised as an angel of light, then what is he bringing into the darkness? Well, the truth is that he is the darkness. He is responsible for the darkness. That's right. This world is actually in darkness. And the only reason there's any light at all is because God has not totally given up on this world. So let's back up a little bit and find out where did this darkness come from? Because in the beginning, God made the world and the world was good. God made everything. He made, you know, the plants, the animals, the people, the sun, the moon, the stars. And he said it was good, right? So where did all this darkness come from? Well, it came into the world through sin. And this happened when the first people, Adam and Eve, rebelled against God's authority and decided that they knew better than God. Even though God had warned them, they still chose to sin. And what was that sin? Well, the sin was rebellion against God. The sin was disobeying God and, and specifically not trusting God. God had already given them this perfect paradise. There was all kinds of food in there. There was beauty. There was safety. And yet, and, and God was even there with them in paradise. However, something happened. And what was that? Well, that was Satan. Satan came and he told Eve, you know, uh, maybe God's not telling you the, the truth. So what he did was he deceived her. He made her doubt God's goodness. He made her want more than, than she already had in a world, in a perfect utopia. Because God created everything perfect. And yet, 
Eve was tempted by Satan's lies and disobeyed God. And so what she did was she rebelled. And the Bible teaches us that rebelling against God, that is what sin is. And it is not trusting God. It is not believing that God is who he says he is and he can do what he says he will do. And it is choosing to be our own boss. That is, that is sin. And yes, the Bible gives us many specific examples of skin, of sin. And, you know, we've talked about that on another episode of thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill. Well, those, all of these things, and also thou shalt have no other gods before me. All of these sins are sins of a lack of faith that God will provide for us. And it's, um, um, you know, wanting to be in control of our own lives. And so I would just like to point out that that is the message of the world, isn't it? The message is that you should be afraid that you're not going to have enough. And it's this spirit of scarcity and fear that drives us to pursue things and money and security everywhere but God. We seek out these things instead of going to God who made us, who made all things and can provide for us abundantly. We try to do it ourselves, which is very, uh, we don't normally do a very good job. And yes, the devil is all part of that. His lies are what Paul was referring to in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, when he said that he was disguised as an angel of light. He was referring to his deception the the light that he brought was a false light it would be like if you were looking at a picture of a fire on tv like you know they have those flickering fireplaces and some people like to put those up on their tv screen you know during the cold months and it looks very warm and inviting however it doesn't actually provide any heat whatsoever, does it? It looks nice, but it's not a real light. It's just a picture of a light. And it's the same thing with Satan, is he was offering us, you know, he offered Eve um, wisdom and, you know, just all the things that appealed sounded good, but it was fake. It wasn't real you know, it was like a poison apple, like we've seen in, you know, so many fairy tales. And that poison apple comes straight from the Bible. It was, you know, there's a reason that people keep on using that metaphor is because a lie is like something that looks good. But when you, you know, when you bite, then you are biting into poison. So let's compare 
what Jesus offers us. He offers us eternal life. And I believe that before Adam and Eve fell, they had eternal life. You know, I don't think any of us were ever intended to die, and I don't believe that our souls ever do die. Once a soul has been created by God, it lives forever. And so Adam and Eve would have lived forever in paradise with God if they hadn't sinned. But whenever they did sin, the connection and their ability to be in the presence of God was altered. They, they couldn't be in the presence of God because God is holy and righteous and he could not be in their presence. So only through Jesus are we able to be reconciled to God. We are able to be restored in our relationship with God so that we can once again finish out our earthly lives and then live our eternal lives with God. What about people who don't believe in Jesus? Are they going to have eternal life? Yes. However, they will not be with God. They will be in eternal damnation, which is separation from God. So think about the world we live in now. We know that there's a lot of evil in the world. There are bad things, illness, death, sadness, betrayal, um, pain, and suffering. There's hunger. There are, um, you know, uh, broken relationships. These things were never intended when God created the world. All of that is the result of sin. Well, these, these things are going to continue to exist for the people who do not accept Jesus, who do not get become reconciled to God, so that after their physical bodies die, their soul is going to exist apart from God with all of those suffering things e eternally. Those of us who believe in God, our souls will get to exist in eternity in perfection because we won't be stuck in this world where Satan is. We will go be where Jesus is. So I, I hope that makes sense to you. Um, another um, way that Jesus describes himself besides being a light is as a shepherd and he warned the people that there were bad shepherds in the world these shepherds he said in uh, John 15 were only in this for the money and who who were these shepherds these were the priests the people who were supposed to be leading the people who were actually doing it for financial gain and Jesus said that he was the good shepherd, that he would actually cared about the sheep. So in this world, in our culture today, when we refer to someone as a sheep, we often are talking about 
cheap in a negative way people who just listen to you know whatever the mainstream media says and believe it well that's not what the bible refers to as sheep in the bible we're all sheep <laughs> and some of us are good sheep and some are bad sheep or goats or whatever but we're all people need to be shepherded and um jesus was saying that he was the good shepherd and he was going to come and when he did when he did that his sheep would recognize him but the ones the sheep that did not recognize him those are not his sheep so a lot of times i like to go to the internet just to clarify and do my own research before i do a podcast and there's a website that I use called gotquestions.org, as well as, you know, I cr like to use my own Bible and cross-reference and read the different verses and come up with my own ideas. But gotquestions.org is very helpful. Okay, so got questions is a really good website that you can go to and you can just type in any question about the bible or christianity jesus even other religions um cults all kinds of stuff so i am very uh, much a fan of this website i'm not saying that every single thing is is 100 percent correct there may be some things that i might disagree with but you know, that's the nature of spiritual or uh, scriptural interpretation. There's sometimes there's going to be differing opinions on some of the things that are not quite as black and white. But anyway, I went to this website and I asked this question. What does it mean that Satan masquerades as an angel of light? And I felt like there were some really good things in their answer worth sharing. And this is, I'm just going to read some of it to you. Darkness and light are metaphors for evil and good. If anyone sees an angel of light, it will seem to be a good being. For the correlation of evil with darkness and of good with light is a powerful archetype in human history. In the Bible, light is a spiritual metaphor for truth and God's unchanging nature. And it gives us James 1, 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In other words, God is the source of all light, so there is no shadow. He doesn't make a shadow. He is the whole being of light. It's something that we probably can't really understand actually when we are in the light we are with god he exhorts us to join him in the light for giving us light was his purpose john 12 46 says i have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness and that's what i was talking about earlier that jesus called himself light so let's read a little bit more from John 12, because it is so important. 
Okay, on while I get there. John twelve forty six. Um, if anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects, rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. So there we see in just a few verses that Jesus did not come to judge the world at that time, but he, that with the world is going to be judged on the last day, the world meaning the people who reject him. And what does he say? His commandment is eternal life. His commandment, meaning that believing in Jesus and the words he brought us from God is going to give us eternal life, which is why it is so important not to be deceived by Satan, who is bringing the false gospel, the lies. So when 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen tells us that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, this is back to God questions, it means that Satan capitalizes on our human love of the light in order to deceive us. He wants us to think that he is good, truthful, loving, and powerful, all the things that God is, to portray himself as a dark, devilish being with horns would not be very appealing to the majority of people. Most people are not drawn to darkness, but to light. Therefore, Satan must appear as a creature of light to deceive us. So how can, this is the important part of this whole podcast. How can we know which light is Jesus and which light is God? I mean, uh, Satan. Our minds and our hearts are easily confused when two things look very similar. And that is the key, is that it's just like if you were, say you were at one of those flea markets and they were selling, you know, various products. The products might look very much like the name brand authentic product. Now, nowadays, a lot of us know that some of the, most of those products are cheap fakes. But back in the, you know, 80s, when people started making fake Gucci purses, not everyone could tell the difference. They didn't know because they didn't look closely. And there's also uh, fake tennis shoes and stuff like that. Like if you go buy shoes off of eBay, actually have a special thing where they authenticate that the shoes are not fakes because the fakes nowadays are pretty good but they have like a special like authenticator service where they can check out the shoes and make sure they're they're worth the uh, you know several hundred dollars that that you might be paying for a 
pair of, you know, high top Nikes or something. Um, because those shoes are collector's items. Well, the truth of the Bible is way more valuable than a pair of Nikes. But if you don't study the Bible from cover to cover, in preferably in a, with a teacher that is knows more about it than you do, or a group, you know, a good Bible study, in other words, if you don't know the Word of God, which is also you need the Holy Spirit to really know it. So first, you have to believe that the Bible is the Word of God. And then you have to study it. And then when you hear teachings from any kind of teacher, you'll be able to compare what they say with what you know is true because you have already studied it. But in the world we live in, in the culture we live in, Bible study is becoming a thing of the past. True Bible study, studying verse by verse and really finding out the, you know, the background, the context, the supporting verses, how it fits in with the overall message of the, of the gospel. If you don't know all of those parts, you could easily be listening to a teacher that is misinterpreting the words of the Bible and telling you they mean something that they don't mean. For example, progressive Christianity is full of misinterpretations and outright lies taught by teachers who don't even believe in Jesus, or if they do, he's not the Jesus of the Bible. So, to protect yourself from a, you know, angel of light that is not Jesus, the only way to do that is to know what the Bible says. And, like I said, you need the Holy Spirit to be able to discern properly but here's the problem. A lot of people have been taught that the Bible is just a book written by men. They're just, they, you know, this, this lie is the lie of the devil that has been extremely effective and it's called postmodernism or something like that. But the thing is, if you no longer have the foundation, which is the word of God, then your religion is just, it's not really based on anything other than your own beliefs. Well, some people might say, oh, well, that's a circular argument, but it's not because people who, who really believe in God have the Holy Spirit in them. And the Holy Spirit is what we are trusting in to give us the assurance of our beliefs. So that's faith. If you don't have faith, then none of this is going to matter to you. And you're so we this particular topic of the angel of light versus the real light who came into the world, Jesus, it's not you know, you need to go back to the beginning and figure out if you actually believe in Jesus or not. If you don't, you can't believe in Jesus and not believe in the Bible. 
I mean, you can, but it's not Christianity. Jesus was, Jesus was in the Old Testament. He's all over the Bible. And only when you study the Bible under a real teacher, not someone who's working for the uh, Satan disguised as an angel of light, only then will you be able to properly see how all the pieces fit together. But as long as you keep God as a separate entity and you are not bowing down to him as your full authority, if God is not the controlling factor in your life, if you are trying to uh, combine worldly philosophies and the teachings of modern man, you know, whether it was a book that was written yesterday or a book that was written a hundred years ago, you know, whether it was the philosophers like Aristotle and Plato or some other person, those people, if, if you don't base it on the word of God first, then you're going to be in danger of believing the lies of the, the angel of light. Because remember, he calls him, he disguises himself as an angel of light, but there's no truth in it. It's like he's a cardboard cutout or he's a, a, a fireplace on a TV screen or a fake pair of Nikes. There's no real value in it. It's death. It's a poisonous apple. It cannot bring you the eternal life that all of us need from Jesus. Only Jesus can do that. But Jesus loves his children. And if you will just like ask Jesus, if you're, if you're struggling with knowing the difference between what's true in the Bible, and if you're like, confused because someone has already filled your head with the idea that the Bible is just, you know, advice written by men. It was, it only applies in certain cultures or we can discard the parts that we don't like or anything like that. Then, then, you, you know, you're not alone. Many people are confused. I'm not trying to criticize you. I'm trying to encourage you to find, to, you know, open your mind to the reality that you have been deceived by an angel of light. But those of us who know the truth, we must cling to God's word. We must study God's word because it is life. It is alive. It's a living document. It is the word of God himself. And it alone can, will stand when this world is burned up in the final judgment. So I hope that this has helped you to understand the difference between real light and fake light. And I, I pray that you will seek the true light who came into the world to save the world. Because one day he's coming back. But when he does, it will be for judgment. And I also pray that you will tell your friends, tell your friends, hey, let's go take a Bible study class. Or, you know, do you read the Bible? I'm thinking about reading the Bible. Maybe we could do it together. And I, and I urge you to find a good, godly church.
that preaches the real Bible, and you really have to be careful because Satan is taking over the churches. If the church you go to is not teaching you verse by verse, instead it's teaching you topical, you know, if it's talking about politics all day, or if it's talking about uh, liberation from the oppression of politics, rather than teaching you about God and encouraging you to worship and adore the Lord himself, and it's not, if it's not telling you about sin, it's not, if it's not warning you about judgment, that is a deceitful church. That is a false church and you need to get out. So I wish you the best and I pray that one day we'll meet in heaven and that we will glorify God together. So God bless you and thanks for listening to Blue Skies and Green Pastures. If you wouldn't mind, uh, if you're on the Apple Podcast app, would you mind giving me a uh, five-star review and help me get a little bit more um, people listening to this? And I'll try to bring you some, some encouraging and truthful messages about God in the future. So let's go. Bye-bye.